0: As advertised, this class is primarily geared for new and young Christians. That qualifies some of us, but not all of us. And that's okay, because I think it's useful to have, it's beneficial to have folks in these kinds of classes who have been a Christian for a while. Maybe we can learn from their wisdom or be encouraged or so. But um, one thing that I'm hoping that we can do with this class is if some of the new folks, we've had a lot of folks baptized recently, some of those folks, encourage them to come. So if you see, if you see them, usually if they look like they're following Jesus and they're not, either Leti or one of the, or Bree or one of the boys, a good chance that, um, that they would be ideal for this class. Um, if you know somebody that, if they do kind of go to church somewhere else, I'm okay about some sheep stealing, that's okay. It's okay, <laughs> you can invite them over here. Um, we won't have donuts and goodies every Sunday, but I, it's my hope that this class can kind of turn into another group of folks where, with a smaller venue like this, we can look in the big auditorium and say, oh yeah, hey, there's these guys, I know them. Yeah, they, they, they were struggling with this, so I, I, hope, I hope they're doing well, I've been praying for them. That kind of thing, that's, that's my hope for this class. And uh, I didn't grab any note cards this week, but next week for the rest of the time, I plan on having note cards just available. So if you have a question, any kind of question related to Bible, Christianity, stuff like that, feel free to write it down. In the last week, maybe the last two weeks, we'll definitely have opportunities to go over those questions. Your question can be anonymous if you want, you can put your name on it, it's fine. But the hope is, for this to be a, a really kind of open time, for us to ask questions that are relevant to this. If you have questions about cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. I'm out. <laughs> I've got nothing for you. But um, Eric, I saw you looking at me. But okay. <laughs> no, I was literally
1: just talk about that with
0: Richard <laughs> See, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, I've already got a, I've already got a feel for what our folks are asking about. But that's not going to be the kind of question that I can help you with. <laughs> anyway, um, I, want you men- I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention that. You know, write down your questions about Bible or Christian living, and we'll be sure to get to those for the last week or two Alright, I'm going to start off with a pretty easy question, I think it's an easy question, but we'll dig into it What is the Bible? What is the Bible? Looking for... Literal? What is it? Yeah <laughs> Anthology It's an Anthology? Collection of books, yeah? It is definitely that. Is it anything else or anything more? It's
2: the Word and the Word. The word's, the word's
0: God? God's Word, definitely, yeah? What is the Bible? Sage, you got anything over there, buddy? Not yet. But by the end of this class, he's going to be chatting. <laughs> um, it's a story, right? It's a collection of stories, God's Word. But it does kind of tell... If this is one of the most fascinating things about the Bible. It does tell, really, one whole story from beginning to end, put together a, well over a thousand years, and I, I think that that's. I mean, it would be just insane if that were pure coincidence. I think that alone is one way that we can, one thing that we can point to to say, man, God, God really did clearly have a hand. There, there must surely there was something bigger than just you know, some like-minded people over the years. Surely, there's something bigger kind of directing this whole story, this whole process. It's a story of God's relationship with his creation. It starts off with creation there in Genesis 1. Fast forward to Revelation, the last couple of chapters in the book of Revelation, and it ends with new creation and there's little hints here and there throughout the way that God is gonna be doing something along these lines, there's a constant draw. God's constantly drawing his people back to him. And so that's uh, a kind of big picture idea to think about what the Bible is as as a class that's designed, uh, again, primarily for new or young Christians having kind of an idea of what the Bible is, is a good place to start, since most of us would probably say, yeah, reading the Bible is important. Understanding the Bible is important. So let me ask this. What are some terms the Bible uses to describe followers of Jesus? What are some terms that the Bible uses to describe followers of Jesus? Disciples, Disciples, slaves. That's a good one. That one I actually didn't have on here the disciples yeah what is a disciple just like a follower studier follower studier no student student yeah very true very good fisherman. Ooh, another good one yeah a fisherman of some sort apostle, apostle. yeah a commissioned representative yeah anything else Thank you thinking for a really obvious one. Hey, Christian. That's, uh, I was looking for that one, too. Yeah, Christian. Uh, Hunter, what did you say? Sheep. sheep. Yeah, kind of a derogatory term these days, it, uh, yeah, depending on how, how you use that. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Sheep, because sheep, right, are in need of a shepherd, and that's definitely something that Christians would affirm about themselves. What about this one? Saints? Or holy ones some people are a little iffy about calling other Christian Saints but it's biblical so it's perfectly perfectly legitimate to say you know st. Linnea how are you today <laughs> try that with your folks and see what they say about that <laughs> what about the, elect? the elect another good one yeah another good one those who are who are in Christ are elect they're specially chosen like whoever that is you know, they're specially chosen yeah um, what about this one? Christians are a spiritual temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. What is a temple? It's a house of God. It's a house of God. Yeah, place where a deity would normally dwell. Place where a deity would normally dwell. Something like that. Sacred space. Sacred space. Man, that's that's why you're my favorite Bible student. <laughs> A temple, it's a place for a deity to, to settle into, right? To rest, to live according to... Or it's kind of, like, kind of like a home or a house or like a home office almost. Deities like to work from home. That's pretty popular these days. They didn't need pandemics as an excuse to do that either. According to an ancient mindset, so think, you know, transport yourself back into ancient Bible times. Can you treat the temple of a deity any way you want you can't just roll up in there with your dirty sandals or anything like that no right there are rules for proper behavior what are some other places today that have either written or unwritten rules about behavior when you go in no shirt, no shoes, no service. I have that <laughs> exact phrase right here. I promise, Lin- I promise Linnea was not cheating and looking at my notes. Yeah. So, some restaurants, right? Maybe they're a little bit looser on the island. No, no shoes is okay. <laughs> a little bit. Shirt doesn't have to be buttoned all the way. <laughs> yeah. As long as you've got on your mask, no shirt is fine. <laughs> yeah. Libraries, my mom was a elementary school librarian, and so when I walk into a library, you better believe it Don't touch When I'm with the boys, yeah libraries, yeah, what are some of the unwritten rules of a library? Quiet whisper, yeah Exactly, yeah, I like you mentioned moving too fast I'm I'm afraid to like walk quickly like if the boys are being a little rambunctious we did the book fair at uh, Pete's school a few weeks ago and they I mean after a while they wanted to explore the library and so the most I was willing to walk was like this but if you break out into a sprint especially if you're wearing swooshy pants absolutely not (laughs) no way well, down here, not very much, honestly. I mean, it only we, apparently you can have 90 degrees in January, and then it drops 50 degrees the next day. <laughs> um, libraries. What are some other places that have certain rules for behavior? School, yeah, right. Some prison, prison <laughs> t- very true. With all of your expertise, and, no kidding. <laughs> oh goodness, the DMV, right? Yeah what about what about funeral homes are, are you supposed to be loud Gen- generally unspoken right but there's there's an expectation of uh, what's the solemnity that you know, this is not a place where you just roll up into and, and just goof off yeah I mean honestly you you can take your your fun and frivolity outside but um, anyway yeah uh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know some uh, there was a there are some places that like if if you're going if, if men are going to eat in here you need to wear some kind of jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some restaurants want, I will take Sage and so I will not cuz if you start yeah. crying, it's okay some places and Right. Other places. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is fine. Nikos maybe yeah. not. <laughs> yep, forget it. Um, I also had on here cemeteries even though they're outside right again. A cemetery is not a place where you are supposed to you know, run around and jump and be silly. So because temples had this sort of expectation of behavior, okay. respect, yeah, I mean, you, you go in there and, and, and you show honor. To, not always
2: for the deity, but also for the people that are around you. Very you? true. For like, you know, at right? your they're mourning, they're in mourning. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be around books from people that are mourning.
0: Yeah, you are, you're not alone in that space. You yeah. are sharing that space with other folks. Very true. Yeah, very true. Our temples, right, they're home offices of deities, and those spaces were considered holy. What does the word holy mean? Oh, I know. Okay, <laughs> Henry's going to hang on to that. Henry's going to hang on to that just in case, yeah. Holy. Something like purity comes to mind, yeah. Hmm. Revered. revered, yeah. Set apart. Set apart. Sort of like specially dedicated, right? Is that what you were gonna say? Gotcha. Specially set apart, usually, for the use of that of that deity. Right, if you think about things in a temple, something is holy, those things are specially reserved for the use and in service of that particular deity. All right, raise your hand if you played sports, organized sports of any kind, okay? A uh, musical instrument of any kind? Okay. Rosio, did you give us two hands there? Did you play multiple sports? Is this how many sports you played? And instruments. And instruments. Wow. All right. Didn't know that. Good to know. See? This is, again, smaller venue class like this. We're all going to know. All right. All right. Uh, question. Where, it, where are you supposed to wear your cleats? On the field. On the field, right. Can you... Do you wear them just anywhere? Now I've asked this question before in classes where Jesus was here, he said yes. I'm sure his mom got onto him <laughs> for wearing football cleats in the house. Um, what are you supposed to do with your bow or your pick or your mouthpiece, right? Do you just use that for anything? Absolutely not, no. The bow stays in the case, it gets a good rosin, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, only at certain times and places do you use these things? Why is that the case? Well, because to use these things wrongly, like if you were to just wear your basketball shoes just out in the in the driveway or walking on the sidewalk and then take them onto a nice wood court, you could scuff up your shoes, scuff up the court, right? To use these things wrongly or for purposes that they were not intended, you could break them or hurt someone else. Kind of all see where we're going with this. Is anyone in here holy? What do you think? Do we need to take a show of hands? Are, are you holy? <laughs>
2: That's
0: I would say so too. Why is that the case?
2: we were all set aside by God for a specific purpose. Yes, sir. And then we go off on our own purposes, you know, whether it be, you know, lust or the love of something, you know, physical. Yep. And then we ruin what we were designed for by God. Yeah. That's what sin is, right? Sin is doing things not designed the way God intended them to be.
0: It's the corruption of what is holy. Yeah, very true. If we are temples, right? And like we said earlier, right? The Bible calls us spiritual temples. If we are temples, then we are holy places specially set apart for for God, yeah. What makes a Christian holy? Henry mentioned that we're set apart by God. What specifically, I'm looking for a very specific thing. What specifically makes a Christian holy? The Holy Spirit given by Jesus as he leaves, yeah, leaves earth. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. If you're interested in doing a little bit more reading about that, Romans chapter 8 has some really good stuff about the Holy Spirit. All right, so if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then it, it's the presence of God, right, living in a space... That makes you a temple. That makes you a temple. God himself, and this is one of the cool things, and this is why I was really hoping that there would be some more of our new brothers and sisters here. God himself wants to live and be with you. He wanted that, right? Even before you were a Christian, okay? God doesn't feel like he's stuck with you. It kind of feels like that sometimes though, right? Think how would like God really me? I'm not that special. Or after you've kind of been away for a little while and take a look at where you are and you realize, Oh man, yikes I haven't been taking this as seriously as I need to. God doesn't feel like he's just stuck with you. He actually wants to be with you. And wanted to be with you even before you realized how much you needed him. So if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit is living in you for however short a time the Holy Spirit has been living in you, God's with you. All right, so how does all this work? Let's open up some Bibles. If you've got a phone on you, great. If If you want a print Bible, we've got some over there on the bookshelf if you prefer that. We're going to read, all of us uh, are going to take turns, if that's okay. We're going to read one of my favorite descriptions of the Christian life. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. The whole book of Ephesians is one of my favorite books of the New Testament, really favorite books of the whole Bible. It's divided pretty evenly. The first three chapters, Paul talks all about what God has done for you in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then chapters four, five, and six of the second half of the book, it's all the practical stuff that we really like. Based on all the things that he's just told you about in chapters one, two, and three, therefore you should live these ways in chapters four, five, and six. It's a great way to kind of put together any kind of sermon or devotional. Talk about what God has done for you on that basis, then, this is how you live. Um, <clears throat> is anybody in here not comfortable reading publicly? Sometimes I get a little bit tripped up on my words because uh, I, I was going to go down the list and have us read different, uh, different chunks. Okay, is everybody, is everybody comfortable? Okay. Adrian, would you be willing to read chapter 4, verses 1 through 8? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8? Hang on, hang on just a sec. I'm going to assign parts. Sorry, I I made it seem like I wanted you right now, right this minute. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, If you can read verses one through eight, and then Eric, can you read nine through sixteen? Jamie, can you read seventeen through twenty-four? Hunter, can you read twenty-five through thirty-two? So to the end of the chapter, end of chapter four. Linnea, will you read chapter 5, verses 1 through 7? Rosia, will you read 8 through 14? Henry, will you read 15 through 20? And that will cover... It, it was providential that we had this many people in class today because I was going to have to get Sage to jump in on this if, he, uh, if, if we needed any more. Yeah. Okay, Adrian, take it away, please.
1: Craftiness men and their deceitful scheme. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ.
3: From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this and I insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to uh, sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ, and you, taught, and you were taught in him, in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regards to your formal way, way of life, to put off your old self, but it, which is being corrupt by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on a new self, created to be like God in the true righteousness and holiness.
4: Therefore, Each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must no longer steal, but must work, do something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up in accordance to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ have been forgiven. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For ye were sometimes darkness,
1: but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, providing ways acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful world of darkness. But rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak to those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever God may manifest his light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that lose them. Sleepest. The and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. <clears throat>
2: Watch carefully then how you live, not as foolish persons, but as wise, making the most of the opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not continue in ignorance, but try to understand what is the will of the Lord. And do not get drunk on wine in which lies debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, singing and playing to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks always for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God the Father. All right.
0: Thanks, y'all. That's a long passage, but it's one of my favorite descriptions of the Christian life, like down sometimes to, into detailed level. Is there a particular verse or idea out of these 50-some-odd verses we read? Is there a particular verse or some idea that especially stood out to you? And would you be willing to share that?
3: don't be like Gentiles who are sexually immoral you shouldn't be sexually immoral here's how you should follow your life not being sexually immoral Uh, that was something that was touched on a lot and it seems to be probably one of the most insistent problems throughout humanity
0: I was going to say not much has changed right Mm -hmm. it's
1: it's interesting you say that because I was going to make the same uh, pattern with greed yeah greed
3: yeah. And also a lot. Those were the two things that were already described is uh, the what the Gentiles were doing with sexual immorality and greed.
0: Yeah. And you notice what he says about people who are greedy? It's idolatry. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a thing that you worship and, and set above, set higher than God Himself, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Something uh, either an idea or, or a verse or so that really stood out to you think uh
2: on the positive side uh being imitators of god yeah mm. i think yeah. that's uh, I think that's intimidating when you read it you know it's, yeah it's wonderful to read right i think mean, a lot of I it mean, to be so be imitators of god mm-hmm. feels powerful but it's also like it's very intimidating to hear to hear that, that that's what you're charged with
0: yeah yeah
2: as beloved children be imitators of god i know wow. it I
0: yeah that's that's the thing, too. It's, it's scary. We are at that point with our two kids where, uh, I mean, we're generally pretty careful about what we talk about um, around around the boys, but we're at that point now where we occasionally will hear, especially Pete, uh, but sometimes Samuel, because Samuel will imitate Pete, will hear them, him say something like, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, or something like that, or, you know, they had a... Um, when we were still living in Kentucky, they had a babysitter who, um, and she, she just had, she had a pretty serious Kentucky drawl, Kentucky accent. And what, what would she say sometimes? Like, oh my word, or something like that. Say, oh, goodness, all the time. oh yeah, <laughs> or like, oh bless, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And they started picking up on that. And like, you know, at that time, Pete was you know, three and a half or four around the time that we, we left Kentucky. And it was just really funny, but especially these days, like, oh, man. Yeah, everything at school. That's right. But as beloved children and how they tend to look up at us for better or worse. Yeah. I
3: think my favorite verse was Ephesians 4, 14. Then we would no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and moan here or there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and the deceitful schemes. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: what is it about a passage that mentions infants that stood out to you? <laughs> well, that's, that's certainly that,
3: but I, I think the, the more important thing is just the the certainty in Christ. Yeah. Um, there's often so many different things that try to trip you up and like deceive you, and everything sounds so good, um, and you know, then the next moment it's not, and you got to move on to something else. And it's, yeah. you know, culture and society is constantly changing now more than ever. Um, it feels like there's the kind of hyperculture yeah. running through everything and so having that solid standing point mm-hmm. is something uh, that is very different
0: yeah it's like you said it's really easy to get caught up and carried away with whatever the next crisis is whether it's something public and, and big and legitimately concerning or whether in your own life it's oh, how am I going to you know, pay, pay the mortgage, or oh, how am I going to pay these bills, or oh, I, I, I can't afford to get sick, and all, all these kinds of legitimate concerns. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's refreshing to be able to know with certainty I have this standing in, in Christ. The bank might not feel that way about me, <laughs> but I have this standing in Christ. I, that's right, yeah. It's like, hey, guys, I, I think you might have missed this. I
2: think with that word right there, uh, the way you, it, you can along, I think that only comes into play if you are strong in Christ. Like, right? that's telling you, you know, teach, learn. Yeah. You know. There's a be maturation. Be vigilant, and then yeah. you will not be tossed around. by cause You know, as, a, as obviously, for, just being for young Christians and new in Christ, that's exactly what you are. You know, you give all... You, you, you give all yourself to, you know, to God that day, yeah. you know, you become baptized, and then the next day it's, okay, now, now this is the hard part. Yep. That was the easy part, understanding that, you know, God is your, you know, your Lord and Savior. He came and served, and you know, he died on the third day he That's easy. Yeah. You know, and the hard part is the next day, like, you're going to get tossed around by your friends, by your family. It's like, you know, hey, listen, let's go do this. It's not a big deal. And you have nothing to back that up. Like, well, maybe, well, I I'm not think I think that is a big deal, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And you're getting tossed around.
0: It's easy. I mean, that's the
2: toughest part. I mean, yeah. Because I remember I got, I got baptized, and I think I was in, I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, junior high, you're in the old, not even knowing who you are. You know? Right. So I, yeah. I was like 12 years old, and I got baptized. And the next day, you know, now that happened on Sunday. Now, Monday, you're a Christian. You're a new Christian, and you're back in junior high. Back at school. Yeah, it's like what's going on and out. It's like yeah. you're just getting tossed around, you know? you know. So I think the big takeaway that I get from that, which is a great... Scripture is the way that happens, the way you, you don't get tossed around anymore is by learning, by studying, yeah, by being steadfast in the Lord and then always going to Him. You know, when you have a challenge, it's not well how do I get out of this or how do I figure this out? It's how how does you know the Bible tell me yep. what direction am I in? Am I in the right direction? Am I already in the right place? Maybe I'm already in the right place. Yeah. You know, but you don't know those things and you're very insecure.
0: Yeah. God is showing you <coughs> leaning on God's direction. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think there's
4: also a connection in here. They talk about uh, one God, one body, and all this. And then they talk about how equipping the saints and how we are joined together. And so then there's that connection of, yes, I have to stand against all these ways, but I'm also
0: part of the body. And you're not we alone. Are, we are unity yeah. through unity. Yeah, you're not alone. As a new or young Christian... I think Sage offers us a pretty good uh, example. Spiritually, that is sort of what you're like. And you need caring, nurturing people in church to give you what, in other places, the Bible calls spiritual milk. Kind of the basics of some of what we're talking about for the next several weeks. And then that process of growth and maturity. I think one reason why, I think one thing that helps me make a little bit more sense of some of the Old Testament stories that we read and we see the Israelites constantly making dumb mistakes after another, think about them as if they are spiritual babies. And then it makes a lot more sense why they would constantly fall from, yes, God, we're, we're here. You've, saved, you've delivered us mightily from the hands of the Egyptians. And oh hey, this golden calf looks pretty good over here. It's like, guys, really? And it's such a, it's such a childish excuse that Aaron gives too. We threw our gold in the fire, and this golden calf just popped out. (laughs) I was like, really, man? It just popped out. Pete, how did this thing break in the kitchen? It just fell. (laughs) Buddy, really? Really? Yeah. Or it was Samuel. I know for a fact Samuel cannot reach that. <laughs> so, Even better, it's Gibson. Yeah, our dog, right, yeah. But I think he, he could, yeah. Actually, our dog is consistently the most well-behaved <laughs> out of all of them. But if we think about ourselves at, and our, whether you've been a Christian since 12. Interesting, you said you got baptized in 12. I was also baptized when I was 12. Um, we'll compare notes <laughs> afterwards. But if you've been a baptized believer for decades, like some of us, or if you're a relatively new Christian, or relatively young, and maybe you feel like you've stagnated in your faith, think about yourself like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of a, a spiritual child. What are the things I need to learn? How do I need to maybe let, what things do I need to let go of to grow and mature? that is kind of what this class is about i'll share my favorite verse out of this section and then we'll wrap up first uh, ephesians four seventeen and following <clears throat> paul paul says here that you must no longer live as the gentiles live and by gentiles there he's separating sort of people excluded from the life of god versus you know people who are in the life of god not not meaning just ethnically Gentiles because he's writing to a church of Jewish and Gentile believers in Jesus. He says, don't live like they live in the futility, the futility being the, the uselessness of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding. They've lost all sensitivity. I mean, it, these verses give us a spiritual take on what we can actually know from developmental psychology and neuropsychology, that at the physiological level, our brains can be trained to repeat self-destructive or positive patterns. Anybody ever here had a bad habit? Okay, well, you learned that bad habit because, you know, well, it practice. Anybody here know anybody who has a self-destructive addiction? Okay, they learned that pattern down to the level of the brain. When that stressor or trigger kicks on, that begins that process, that downward spiral of self-destruction. And Paul, surely, without the help of modern science, Paul recognizes that self-destructive pattern that happens to people who are caught up in sin and says, you have learned the truth. The light has been turned on. That darkness now no longer has any power over you. And so, I, I, again, I'm not surprised that the Bible shows that these spiritual realities can have very real physical effects. So as we look at these verses, 50-some-odd verses here, they mention a lot of things, a lot of big-picture things that we're going to talk about for the next three months or so, January, February, and March. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, baptism, church, holiness, and a lot of other things. So don't forget, next week I'll have those little cards. And if you have a question about anything, I might encourage us to just, you know, at some point, Everybody get a card and then hang on to it. And if you have a question in class, write it down. We'll get to those. If it's one that you think that, you know, hey, that's not especially relevant to what we're talking about now, but maybe we could mention that later. We'll get to that. But in the meantime, guys, I really appreciate uh, y'all being here today. These classes will be recorded. I've got my microphone right here. And so they'll go up on the website. So if you miss a week, don't stress. If you miss two weeks, we will come find you. Okay, no matter how far, very last of the Mohicans there. And if you, um, if you want to encourage some other new Christian that you know of to come join this class, come on, bring them on, and we'll have a good time. Appreciate y'all being with us today. All right, we're dismissed.